Hello, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this podcast is going to be a uh, podcastization of my email newsletter that I got some really good response to, entitled Demons, Angels, and Caviar. That's right. I highly recommend reading two books at a time. That's right. You don't want to do just one at a time. You want to do two at a time. Here's why. And usually I will pick something that is fiction and then something that is nonfiction. And not only will this satisfy a bit of your appetite for novelty, it will also really stimulate your ability to synthesize big ideas. So this week I had just started reading Headstrong by Dave Astbury. And if you're subscribe to this channel. If you're listening to my voice, you probably know about Dave Asprey and Headstrong. I'll do a review of it some other time. And as for the second book I was reading, I had just finished reading the third novel in a historical fiction series about the Spanish conquest of Mexico. And, well, Dave's book, If you, I'll just give you a quick rundown. This is basically like his manifesto on hacking mitochondria for a limitless mind. Although I want to talk to you a little bit more about the historical novel, actually. So in really beautiful language and seductive storytelling, it captures probably one of the very most violent episodes in human history when one of the most ambitious men in the world, Hernán Cortés, with a technologically superior force of several hundred conquistadors, took on an empire of possibly as many as 30 million Aztecs, and ultimately, he prevailed. And I did another article on Medium that you might want to check out called Visualizing the Spanish Conquest of Mexico. And this book, the descriptions in it are so rich. And, of course, I really enjoyed visualizing them, but then I also wanted to, you know, see some artwork and see some archaeological photographs of the locations where the events actually occurred, and I discovered there's actually quite a bit of of rich art portraying this period, so I put a bunch of that into this Medium article. I recommend you go check it out if you're curious. So, these are two books that you might think could not be more dissimilar. Yet here's the intersection, okay? In the beginning of Headstrong, Dave provides this much-needed reframing that our personal failings are often misconstrued as moral failings when they are really the fault of our misfiring neurobiology. So let's say we fail to complete a project on deadline and are fired, or we cheat on our partner, or we relapse on a vice that we are trying to quit, and we regard these as moral failings. Yet they are often the result of cognitive dysfunction, actually. When we fix our brains using smart drugs, diet, or meditation, our decision-making improves drastically and our capacity for discipline with 
what we know we should be doing multiplies. Without going to church or studying a bunch of moral philosophy, we automatically become more moral as a result of biohacking. And whenever I failed badly at something, my reaction has almost categorically been to chastise myself and really beat myself up internally with that internal dialogue. You're probably the same. And I recall when I was 20 years old, like a lot of 20 year olds, I intended that by the time I was 30, I would be a millionaire, which I failed to accomplish, to be honest with you. And I condemned myself harshly for this. I didn't work hard enough. I wasn't disciplined enough. I bet on the wrong business partnerships. I wasted too much time chasing girls. But perhaps my real failure was that I aimed for such a challenging goal without first fixing my mind. And I want to add a bit of a caveat to this. I, I am a person that believes really strongly in personal responsibility and moral responsibility. And I'm not trying to, uh, you know, shrug that particular atlas from our collective shoulders as biohackers or as uh, society by saying that there is a causality that uh, exists that is a biological causality, not a metaphysical causality. And for the longest time, we looked inward at this uh, humunculus type character that existed somewhere inside of us that would have perfect agency and have a perfect linearity between its intentions and its actions and that if there was a disconnect between those things, then that was a result of uh, a, a failure, a, a failure of a um, impurity of what should be a spiritually pure core of our beings, even though uh, the exterior of our beings is so uh, impure and so so dirty. You know, people people have observed this uh, since time immemorial. And uh, but, but what I'm saying is that there's a clear line between our moral actions and between biology, and that is where the the, the future of morality and of having a more moral personal lives and a more moral society is drawing that biological connection. I'm not sure if it's people that are creating these really great abstract moral theories, some of which like, for example, uh, Stefan Molyneux or Sam Harris, some people like that, they're uh, advancing some really great moral moral theories. I, I do enjoy them. I do recommend that everyone check them out, but I'm not sure if that's what's really going to, you know, pull our society back from the brink of insanity. Anyways, moving on. So Cortez and Montezuma, the two most powerful men in the Northern Hemisphere, two of the most powerful men in the world at that time. Uh, fascinatingly, they were simultaneously friends and geopolitical rivals uh, that presided over and in some cases carried out with their own hands utterly psychopathic violence and 
destruction. One of the themes of the fiction series is that there is a murderous demon stalking humanity behind the scenes of history, demanding ever greater and bloodier human sacrifices. Priests, philosophers, and conspiracy theories, theorists disagree as to whether there is actually such a demon or whether it's merely an archetype for a dark recess of our evolutionary biology. Uh, you know, these people debate, they argue on this one. I'm sure you have a position <laughs> on one side of that debate. Uh, but, you know, regardless, we can't deny the influence of this demon on the world. So history is a factory operated by and producing traumatized human beings. I'll repeat that because I, I think it's particularly true. History is a factory operated by and producing traumatized human beings. There's a book I do not recommend reading that is called The Origins of War in Child Abuse. And it is a quite uh, self-explanatory and hopefully you uh, self-evident uh, book title. It's one of those books you don't really need to read it because the 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 takeaway of the book, the the core truth that the book has to impart is right there in the title. There, I just saved you uh, 15 hours of uh, of the audio book, which you can actually download for free. And that's that's actually how I how I read it or listened to it. The idea is that history has just been this nasty cycle of children being badly abused and then growing up to participate in and start wars. And you don't have to look very far back in your own lineage and familial history to find events where your own ancestors were subject to genocide, warfare, or large-scale violence. So it's not so hyperbolic, I think, to say that the demon, the war god to whom Montezuma sacrificed so many virgins, still lurks in your own genes, waiting patiently like Gollum in that cave. We've had religion and systems of morality for quite a while, and they do seem to be doing us some good, if we're being honest, if we're looking at the data. In the book, The Better Angels of Our Nature, Steven Pinker talks about how the past half century, large-scale wars and industrial human slaughter has declined to a historical minimum, and we are quite lucky to have been born into an extraordinarily safe time. But I'll argue that it's too little too slowly, and the world is still plenty chaotic, and with the weapons we have now, we are really, as a species, just a few bad decisions away from annihilation. And really, biohacking is the only way to exercise the demon from the future. If you're studying biohacking and personal development, you're probably in the top 10% or top 5% of like the most moral, empathetic people in society. Because really it's only about 5 to 10% of people that take their personal development very seriously, that take the significant step of 
actually doing some research and you know spending some some money sometimes a good chunk of money on their self-improvement like you probably have if you're into biohacking if you've read the biographies of the villains of history very few of them did any uh, meaningful personal development as dr jordan peterson said the well-developed man is the antidote to tyranny in society. So I'm not really worried about you becoming the next Montezuma, Cortez, or Caligula. But what about your offspring? What about your children's children? Perhaps in a chaotic and dystopian future world, after you're long gone and food for worms, from amongst your offspring will arise someone really terrible. It's kind of a dark thought, isn't it? And the good news is that you actually have quite a bit of power to prevent that. First of all, A, if you're a woman, then don't procreate with someone who has violent tendencies, and that does a good job of uh, eradicating those particular genes from the gene pool, which, hey, that would be pretty good. And then B is that you want to biohack your gene expression for stress response. And actually, what I'd like you to do, this is a, actually a big project of, of research that interests me, and I haven't yet dived into the scientific literature on this. I haven't yet come to some... Uh, recommendations that I can think I can really stand behind because as you can see this is kind of a big deal but if B is particularly interesting to you then drop me a comment or an email or a tweet or whatever you like and just let me know if B is really interesting to you and we'll be in touch so like I said this is a podcast version of the email newsletter that I put out and uh, this week, I finished my research on CMAX, which I call the caviar of Russian nootropics. That's why I called this, entitled this one, Angels, Demons, and Caviar. Uh, so, if you're specifically interested in smart drugs that improve your long-term memory, as opposed to, like, your short-term memory, which is typically your ability to do problem solving if you're interested in long-term memory then you're definitely going to want to check out my meta-analysis on CMAX and boy it's kind of a long one if we're being honest I'm reaching kind of this uh, inflection point with my content strategy for limitless mindset where there is so much uh, data for me to consume and to uh, transmit to you, my dear listener, dear reader, dear viewer. There's so much data about these nootropics for me to uh, consume that my meta-analyses are growing uh, to kind of a gigantic size. I think my most recent one, recent one came in at like 5,000 words or something like that. So this is really getting to kind of the, the same sort of length that you'll find in these, uh, you know, formally scientific meta-analyses that are appearing in scientific journals. And I aspire to be equally rigorous in my methodology and uh, uh, 
articulation of the, the truth about these things. And the, that's creating a situation where it's getting harder and harder for me to do those long form animated, like mini documentary style video blogs about these. And my YouTube analytics data is actually telling me that when I do those really long videos that not that many people are watching all the way through them, that a lot of people are clicking on them, they, they're popular, but that a lot of people are only watching like the first 10 or 15 minutes of them. And it certainly takes me a whole lot of time to produce these uh, videos that are sometimes, you know, 20, 30, maybe even a little bit longer. Than that so I started doing my meta-analyses in these podcasts and I do this thing now where I add this subtle but kind of cool audio track under my narrations of the sources that I'm quoting which I think makes it a little bit easier for people although I realize that I'm it, it's not quite perfectly optimized because I also get a lot of views on my videos that are those long form video blogs that have the animations and all that jazz and I do like making those videos but it just doesn't really seem worthwhile to make like a 50 minute long form animated video blog so I think the compromise that I'm going to reach with that is what I'll end up doing is I'll end up doing my meta analyses which will be something like 4,000, 5,000 words long. They're going to be really thorough. Or they're, they're going to be as thorough as it deserves if there's a particular drug and it just doesn't have a whole lot of information out there that's good information that's worth your while. Then I'm going to be shorter about it, but I will be lengthy as I need to be, and particularly with, with CMAX, it's it's interesting. It's, it's fascinating to me. So I really kind of took my time with it, and in those situations, I'll do a podcast that'll take you, you know, 40, 50, maybe 60 minutes to get through, because if you're a serious biohacker, then, you know, hey, you want to make sure you really understand what you're doing. <laughs> Anyways, I also did just a video review that was a bit cheeky, just showing off the CMAX. So I will hope, I, I do hope that you check that out. And oh, you know what? There was a 15% off herbal performance enhancers that go into the ADAPT32, the ADAPT232 formula. And they were offering a really good discount for the end of summer, but unfortunately that has expired. So if you were on my email newsletter, you would have found out about that uh, when it was still valid. And at this point, I would still encourage you to check out ADAPT 232. I did a video about that, a pretty cool little short video about it, but uh, you'll have to pay full price. Sorry about that. Get on my email newsletter if you have not already. And then finally, from the archives, this week I did, uh, I want to direct your attention to the plus 1,000 words per minute speed reading life hack. So reading while uh, something that's ancient in invention. It dates back as far as 19,000 BC. It is still one of the most effective ways of absorbing information. That's why I try to do it every single day for at least 30 to 60 minutes. And there's a real audacious startup called Spritz and they plan to revolutionize the way you read through rapid serial visual 
presentation. And apparently when you're reading, you spend, when you're doing it the normal way with a normal book, the way you've been doing it your whole life, you spend about 80% of your time moving your eyes from word to word as opposed to actually focusing on each word. Apparently, yeah, that's right. Apparently about 80% of the time. And actually if you keep your eyes still and look at a flashing sequence of words on a screen, then you could read much faster than you ever have before. You really have to try this out. I have some a video that shows this off and I've got a couple of cool apps and things like that so that you can implement this. But there's also kind of some downsides to it that you should be aware of, but real cool technology that, that might change the way that you learn. Anyways, hope that you enjoyed this video or uh, slash podcast, and I hope that you will check out the resources that I recommended. You can find them, as always, through the link below this podcast. I'm Jonathan, looking forward to a continued conversation with you. Legal Notices If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.